This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel 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 it. Joining us at this time, we are joined by Mr. Zolani Mkiva, the Secretary General of the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South Africa, or Contralesa for short, who joins us on the show to further educate us on how the pandemic has affected the operation of initiation schools. Mr. Mkiva, thank you so much for joining us this evening here on the COVID Report. Now, in April, your organization called for a suspension of initiation schools for the year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. With initiation schools remaining closed even during level one, can you please take us through the developments that have been made in this matter as Contralesa continues to engage government in talks to possibly allow the initiation schools to resume operations? Um, Thank you very much for the opportunity, my brother, and to your listeners. Let me just start off by saying that, uh, and now coming to your question, yes, indeed, In April, we made an announcement to the effect that uh, we are formally uh, suspending or cancelling the winter season insofar as initiation is concerned. And that was informed by the fact that uh, uh, there was the outbreak of the corona uh, virus in the country and the world. And we took that decision of the cancellation and we did indicate that This cancellation is not only historic, but it is unprecedented and universal in its nature, and we're compelled by circumstances to do that. And now, Tatumkiva, a lot of young men, as well as their parents, look forward to these periods where boys will will transition into manhood. What impact has the COVID-19 pandemic had on initiates and organizers of initiation school? Well, since we have cancelled the initiation school for the winter season, uh, the impact is not only on the boys, but into the entire families that were prepared and planned long time ago to actually uh, undertake uh, these rites of passage. So it has not only affected uh, the individual persons and the individual families, but it has affected the broader society of South Africa and uh, also other parts of Africa who happen to practice the same uh, custom. So the, the, the impact of uh, this is greater than people would think uh, in the sense that people plan almost for five years for the realization and the undertaking of this uh, uh, custom. So it has really disorganized communities and, 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 and the broad society. And that disorganization has got financial impact. It has got all sorts of other impacts. And uh, so it, it calls upon us, therefore, that uh, we need to replenish, we need to repurpose in order to avoid uh, undesired disaster. Yes, this time has, has caused drastic damage. And one of the ways this practice and communities, as you rightly, as you rightly suggested just now, Mr. Mkiva, has been financially. And that is a great segue into my next question. Can you please take me through any kind of, so, of relief measures or social relief fund um, that was offered to the traditional surgeons that are impacted by this ban of traditional circumcision? Well, my brother, unfortunately, there hasn't been any offer to that effect. But what we are doing as the Congress of Traditional Leaders is the continuous engagement with government to look into what type of uh, interventions could be made in that effect for traditional surgeons, uh, but for traditional nurses, but perhaps for the broader 
initiation school machinery uh, in order to prevent any calamity because you will understand that the number of boys that were to go through the initiation period in June have not gone and if now we open for December it would mean that we almost double the numbers which also needs us to plan properly and also ensure that uh, resources are availed and that's the engagement that we are having with government both at national level and respective provinces where this practice uh, of uh, initiation is being conducted. And now the issue of illegal initiation schools has always been a recurring problem. What is being done to ensure that the owners of these illegal practices are brought to book? And what is happening now during the pandemic? Has there been any illegal initiation schools running? And do you plan on seeing some running during December? Well, uh, we have ensured that uh, we stamp our authority in so far as the, the illegal and the bogus initiation school, especially during the period wherein we had cancelled uh, the season of winter. Uh, going forward is that uh, we're going to be working with police and law enforcement agencies to ensure that uh, uh, we don't leave any stone unturned in so far as the uh, illegal and bogus schools. If they do that, like we said in the statement we made, that we're going to be very harsh and we're going to take drastic measures and we're going to be merciless on anyone who's going to take chances with the lives of our children. So in that, on that score, we are doing everything as we prepare for December should we open, and which I'm confident that we will. Um, so we will make sure that there's compliance in terms of um, the regulations set out by the Disaster Management Act, but over and above, we'll make sure that there's compliance in so far as ensuring that only legitimate and legal schools are allowed to operate. And uh, we have called for government to come up with harsh sentences for anyone who is found to be on the wrong side of the law on this matter, because the illegal and bogus initiation schools presents a picture of human trafficking. So the situation is quite a very, very bad one in that sense. And as such, we are very, very much um, concerned about those who want to use uh, the little children in order to make money at the expense of their lives. We think that the state ought to act brutally against them. In light of everything that you've just covered in terms of addressing the people who try to step on the wrong side of the law in operating initiation schools. Can you please take us through the criteria and process that, um, that has to happen in order for you to qualify to legally operate an initiation school? The traditional surgeons are certified by the respective traditional concepts. In other words, there are people who are recognized and they are known by their respective traditional councils as well as the kingdoms where this practice is actually uh, conducted and therefore no one is able to do that without the certification by the traditional authority or a senior traditional leader of that particular area so the criteria is very simple but at the same time it's quite very open and therefore it is a common knowledge that uh, who are the people who practice. You see, what happens is that, and what ought to happen is that when a family is going to take their child 
to the mountain. They ought to inform the traditional leader of that particular area in order for them to be registered. And that registration therefore requires for them to indicate which traditional surgeon do they prefer to work with in that regard. And then once that information is disclosed, uh, the traditional leader will then say, give a nod to that or a seal of approval because he would be aware and uh, of the recognition of that respective uh, uh, traditional session. And uh, other pertinent questions will also follow in terms of the location, as well as the traditional nurses will be taking responsibility. All of those ought to be processed in that particular way. So it's a long standing tradition, but what happens when it comes to these bogus initiation school is that in the first place, they go underground, they go behind the community, they go into, into hiding, into areas which are inaccessible in order to do uh, this brutal uh, you know, conduct. And that's why it is um, sometimes, uh, it is not detected in time uh, uh, when, they, when they conduct this uh, uh, act of uh, 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 brutality. So I'm saying therefore that that's basically the common way of approaching uh, uh, this matter. And you mentioned earlier on that the winter season of initiation school has been missed because of the lockdowns. What are the reasons behind the circumcision seasons and what are the cultural repercussions of not attending initiation school at the right age and at the right time? The initiation schools are meant to uh, give lessons for life, give lessons for uh, preparing men preparing young men for leadership in their respective families and their respective communities, but also to sort of align them in terms of uh, our cultural outlook as well as the heritage importance and the role that is expected of them. So it's a very important school because it uh, marks the beginning of a new chapter in their lives. And as it spells itself out, these are the rites of passage from boyhood to manhood. So quite clearly, boys are being prepared for a bigger role in life. Boys are being prepared for the role of leadership, for the role of uh, being a man, men, uh, and, 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 and how to handle matters of patriotism, matters of nationness, as well as matters of promoting, protecting, and preserving uh, one's culture. So that's the bigger role that they play. So initiation school is not just about circumcision, as many people uh, uh, tend to trivialize it around that. There are about eight to 10 modules that these young initiates are taken through from a point of view of African education, wherein they're impacted in terms of African wisdoms, in terms of indigenous knowledge systems, in terms of leadership from an aspect uh, and a perspective of Africanity. All of those are mainstreamed in the initiation school. So the initiation school is quite a university of traditions and a university of culture in so far as our people. It's a very important milestone in the history and the life of a person because it impacts on the direction that one needs to take, you know, informed by the values of Ubuntu. So what we do at that level is to ensure that we produce leaders of the future and leaders of our society for future generations.
And uh, lastly, how will COVID-19 regulations and protocols be observed during initiation? And what precautions will be followed to ensure the safety of initiants? And at this point, are you considering opening initiation schools for December? Well, there are protocols and traditions which come from a long time in memory. And these protocols must be respected and must be adhered to and they must be upheld. And some of these protocols cannot be spelled out because of their sacredness. And, uh, but people who are there, who are certified and authorized to operate at that level, they are also taken through an exercise of refresh, refreshing their minds in terms of workshopping them on what they need to do and what they are expected to do, how they are expected to, to, to present the lessons, how they are expected to treat the boys, and how they must actually take care of the children during that period. Because uh, that process is a health process, it's an education process, it's a social process, it's also a process of management and leadership. Therefore, I cannot go into the details, the nitty-gritty and the modality, because it is a sacred issue. So, um, as I have indicated, from our perspective, we think that we're going to be opening the schools in December because it is a summer period and I believe that we have flattened the curve completely in South Africa and we don't see any reason why we shouldn't. All we need to do is now to juxtapose the protocols of tradition vis-a-vis -vis the protocols of the regulations so that uh, we ensure that uh, uh, there's commonality and we ensure that there's compliance on both ends. And I think it's something doable because sanitization has always been happening there. The difference is that the type of sanitizer we're using is traditional compared to the one that is 70% alcohol. So that's what we will have to look at. And I think it's something that is doable. All of those issues, we'll deal with them clinically and provide leadership in that direction. And that was Zolanin Kiva, the Secretary General of the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South Africa, sharing with us what steps they have taken around the resuming of initiation school as December is around the corner. Now, we hear from one of the initiates who was meant to go in in June, but due to the pandemic, could not. Now, that is the story of our guest today, Mbulelo Totoi. Thank you so much, Mbulelo, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, you were supposed to have gone into initiation during this year's winter period. You were not able to because of the coronavirus pandemic. How are you feeling and what is your plan forward? Hi there, Siposito, and hi there to all of your listeners. Um, to answer your question that you have um, asked quickly, uh, um, I was definitely supposed to go in um, to initiation this past winter. Um, I have been unable to do so because of the COVID-19 pandemic. How this basically makes me feel is, to me, it's not really something that's really that personal um, in terms of initiation. But I have been definitely, like, in terms of looking at other, other age mates that were able to go into initiation before COVID-19, and not being at the same level of them, in level at them in terms of um, heritage and Kosa stuff, and not being able to um, speak at the same level as we used to speak because we were once friends. And I mean, like being boy and being a man in my um, culture means two different things, and therefore those two different groups of boys and men cannot like easily clash and easily speak. Um, so definitely um, not being able to go to um, initiation this past 
um, winter season means that I will not be able to converse freely with my friends that have been already to initiation school. I mean, um, and then certain things that are just minor things in terms of things that are being taught there that are not that I haven't received and that kind of thing. Otherwise, it hasn't really in, in affected me that much. And the plan forward is to try um, go to initiation the next opportunity that does arise, whether it is at the end of the pandemic or in December, I'm still not sure. And with the eventual goal of going to initiation schools, we all know that initiation schools often host a number of initiants and the schools are set up in places far from water and ablution facilities. So what are your concerns around this pandemic and going to initiation school, considering that this pandemic requires a lot of washing of hands and sanitizing? One thing that I can definitely tell you is that initiation schools have definitely needed lots of um, government intervention and more regulation in terms of um, the health procedures and everything that goes on in there. Um, it's not a surprise to any of us that the, in terms of hygiene and, um, and health um, in initiation schools, we not, it's not really up to the standard that it needs to be. And so because we are in a COVID-19 uh, we are in a pandemic, this causes a greater impediment for these young initiates and them being able to participate actively within the whole process. So going forward, that definitely means that we need a bit more government intervention with all of these, with all of these steps in, um, in initiation schools and ensuring that, so it, it, it makes us question whether, how the government will be able to intervene and make sure such things such as social distancing are observed and the whole question about the um, hygiene and health practices in initiation schools is still then being highlighted again. And so after a, a pandemic, lots of these factors, and after me personally considering these factors, um, uh, it's, it's more about trying to look at a solution that is um, that will have less initiates accumulating at a certain place, for instance, to allow for greater social distancing. It's... Um, through using other initiatives, so where they were not able to access water, let's look into more reasons as to why we are not able to access water or looking at more solutions as how we can deal with all of these problems. And we are all now looking at the December initiation period, which is coming up. And if you had the choice, do you think you will go in or are you going to wait until the end of the pandemic? And do you support the occurring of the initiation school now in December, or should everyone wait? Again, as I said, I've been um, trying to say that we, the government really does need to intervene in the whole initiation process. I mean, there are lots of hygiene measures and things that are not regarded as much in initiation. And having initiation in a time of COVID-19 is personally, I think, not a very good idea, simply because, I mean, in the past, even before the pandemic was... Um, even before we had experienced this pandemic, there were lots of health issues and more and lots of hygiene questions that we had asked in terms of e initiation. So, um, in terms of it and be now having to have more regulations um, in initiation, we now need to have more regulations in initiation schools, and we now need to um, look at our health even more and our hygiene practices even more to ensure things are uh, ensure things like social distancing and. Um, ensuring that we protect ourselves and, and, and protecting others. So I definitely don't think that it is a good idea for initiation schools to be running in a, in a pandemic, um, specifically for reasons because of how 
this disease can be easily spread. Um, so definitely it's not, it's not a good thing that we should be having any initiates at any initiation schools um, currently. And in terms of the upcoming December period, um, I'm not really sure as to what will happen yet. Looking at the cases now, I mean, quite obviously you have to look at uh, the stage of the pandemic. I mean, it looks like we have reached a plateau uh, in terms of the cases. What will the situation be like in December? Are we going to have a bit more cases? Is it going to be the second surge of infections? Lots of factors that need to be looked at. So definitely I can for now say that I would go in in December simply because it looks like the cases have plateaued and or provided that there will be government intervention in terms of the health procedures that are taken in initiation schools and basically yeah i mean yeah that's that's kind of all that i kind of have to say in terms of initiation schools and yeah in this past in this upcoming december period it really depends on the cases and the progress of the virus and the pandemic whether it is going to be safe or not for initiates to actually start accumulating at initiation schools again. I hope I answered that question fully. No, you definitely did and shared some insight on the need for regulation with initiation schools. And sometimes things do not appear as they necessarily are. Now, switching gears, do you think that this coronavirus pandemic is forcing us to develop and adopt our culture practices, adapt our culture practices? And what kind of impact do you think this is having on Amasiko as we know them? Oh, I definitely think that it has, it, it definitely has um, uh, affected Amasiko, uh, Abandabes Tosa, Amasiko, of any people, I don't know, of any other Amasiko or any metal that can exist but i definitely think that it has and it is forcing us to develop and adopt our cultural practices i mean as i quite highlighted in my previous responses there is definitely a need for intervention for government intervention within initiation schools um in terms of ensuring um health practices i mean it's it's not a surprise to any of us that there have been lots of um deaths in terms of initiation schools and, in, and initiation school related deaths and in trying to, therefore, we, and that also adds to as to why we should develop Amasiko Ed and adopt cultural practices that are much safer um, for everyone that are involved. So definitely, the coronavirus will force us to develop our uh, our cultural practices. And now, just looking at you personally, Mulelo, how has the COVID nineteen pandemic affected your life and your schooling, and what you had planned? For 2020 or as the youngins were saying 2020 <laughs> quite funny that it has not been a year of 20 plenty blessings but rather been a year of um plenty viruses or diseases <laughs> um it has definitely affected me negatively i mean i'm a first year student i go to um, a university in cape town uh, i'm a first year law student uh because of the pandemic i'm definitely not on campus as we speak i'm back at home um, trying to adapt to online schooling um, and seeing how that is. Um, I mean, it has definitely affected me negatively. That's the one thing that I can um, not dispute. Um, I am unable to access resources that I would have been able to access at school, on campus, and many other things that I cannot enjoy because of the pandemic and the many restrictions that it has put into our lives. Um, so, for instance, I'm still at home again, as I said. I'm still at home, and I'm probably going to be at home for the next, I don't know, till um, the beginning of next year because of the virus. So I will not have the same 
kind of experience or I will not be able to enjoy certain rights that I would have enjoyed on campus. Um, that's definitely one thing that I can definitely say in terms of my studying and being able to access the library and now having to adopt to um, learning back at home again and trying to juggle life and trying to be safe, safe all at the same time. And those other things are definitely affecting me um, negatively. Um, and that's kind of all. And knowing there will come a time when COVID-19 is no longer on our front pages, what are your expectations for post this pandemic? And as a young South African, what do you think we should be learning as a country from this pandemic? The one thing that I can definitely tell you is that um, in terms of public awareness and public um, and public decency and the way that we carry ourselves, we're definitely going to have to change it. Uh, I mean, being able to sanitize our hands, wash our hands more regularly um, and looking into like the next part where, of our lives and trying to prevent such diseases and trying to prevent the second occurrence of such an, a, a disease. So this definitely affects um, many young South Africans um, in the way that they carry their lives. Um, and lots of things that we can definitely learn from this pandemic in terms of ensuring that you are um, secure for the future. I mean, right now, lots of people have had to has, have lost their jobs. Uh, lots of people have been um, have been made redundant because of the the coronavirus. And so, lots of those things are still affecting us. And as the youth, we can definitely learn that. We are in lockdown level one, and you have mentioned that the pandemic is still around and there is intervention on the side of government. What role do we have or can we play to fight against this pandemic in our own little pockets and in our little cultural spaces? What should we be, do we be doing in your point of view? Oh, definitely educating more folks around us. I mean, um, not just protecting ourselves, and it's also about making sure that the people that are around you are also protecting themselves in order to protect you and protecting themselves. So um, even if it's just going to the mall and seeing someone holding on to something that could be infected, it's also about informing folks about those small little things that you can't keep touching every day. Um, it's all about informing about folks, about sanitizing our hands and ensuring that we definitely social distance inside malls, um, whether it may be that we are on campus, um, at work and definitely lots of other things that we can definitely do, social distancing, wearing our mask, sanitizing our hands frequently. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, there's quite a lot of things that we can do uh, of, apart from the things that I have definitely mentioned. And that was Mulelo Totoi sharing with us how he has navigated not being able to go into initiation school due to the pandemic. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream by www.vafm.co.za.